Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the St. Mark's Bread in the Wilderness podcast. This is another episode of Eat This Book, where we pray through the scriptures, sort of Lexio Divina style, teasing out words, phrases, or images to ponder in our heart with Mary, and um, see where it takes us. I'm Tyler. I'm Holly. And uh, we'll begin with the Collect for Holy Scriptures, and then pray the uh, call out to point of proper seven. So the Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, make us have perpetual love and reverence for your holy name, for you never fail to help and govern those whom you have set upon the sure foundation of your loving kindness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. We have been set upon the sure foundation of God's loving kindness. Yeah, the um, steadfast love of uh, Hosea and the uh, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. And mm-hmm. Gospel from last week. So this sort of helpful and necessary, persistent reminder of <laughs> that our God is not a 15-foot alligator who wants to eat us, mm-hmm. but a God of love who wants to feed us. Mm-hmm. And that love is a sure foundation, the only sure foundation mm-hmm. from which nothing can separate us. Yeah. And we it's don't from, have to build ourselves there. We are set upon it. Yeah. And it's from that sure foundation that the perpetual love and reverence uh, for the holy name comes. Yeah. Right? Hmm. We love because God first loved us. That, that whole thing. The response to the grace we've been given. Yeah. Uh, loving kindness, uh, mercy, steadfast, covenant faithfulness, uh, however, you, whatever you want to term mm-hmm. it. Um, so what does it mean, right, to, what does it mean to revere the holy name you know in a certain way it's like Elizabeth of the Trinity like let yourself be loved mm-hmm. you know or David Benner's kind of surrender to mm-hmm. love connecting to the, the wellspring of yeah. unconditional love that is at the very center of our being um, mm-hmm. that's true reverence of the name yeah hearing our name back yeah. Right. Have you been preaching through Easter? Is that right? Our word on our oh, yes. name spoken on love's lips as we honor the holy name, our name is set back to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 God calls into being the things that do not exist, i.e. us. <laughs> yeah. 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 Never fail to help and govern, so even like when things seem to be going sideways there's this sense of 
all things working together mm-hmm. for the good in some way that we can't immediately discern at the moment. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like that sort of basic, like, yeah, I don't like this, I don't want this, and it's not how I planned on the day right. going or my life going. Uh, but... Yeah. A sense of God's providence. Mm-hmm. Uh, not as, you know, pulling the switches on the trolleys, but uh, as uh, God providing yeah. for us in the midst of absolutely everything. And a trajectory that heads towards our deeper union and communion mm-hmm. with the source of all being, God and love. Mm-hmm. So, uh, track two. Uh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Okay. This is Jeremiah 20, 7 to 13. O Lord, you have enticed me, and I was enticed. You have overpowered me, and you have prevailed. I have become a laughingstock all day long. Everyone mocks me. For whenever I speak, I must cry out. I must shout violence and destruction, for the word of the Lord has become for me a reproach and derision all day long. If I say I will not mention him or speak any more his name, then something within me, then within me there is something like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I am weary with holding it in, and I cannot. For I hear many whispering terrors all around. Denounce him, let us denounce him. All my friends, all my close friends are watching for me to stumble. Perhaps he can be enticed and we can prevail against him and take our revenge on him. The Lord is with me like a dead, dread warrior. Therefore, my persecutors will stumble and they will not prevail. They will be greatly shamed, for they will not succeed. Their eternal dishonor will never be forgotten, O Lord of hosts. You test the righteous. You see the heart and the mind. Let me see your retribution upon them, for to you I have committed my cause. Sing to the Lord. Praise the Lord. For he has delivered the life of the needy from the hands of evildoers. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Sort of a song to Jeremiah's surrender to his calling. Mm-hmm. Understanding himself as one who is needy, uh, being delivered by the Lord, who is compelled to praise. Uh, it's been enticed. Mm-hmm. Lord, you have overpowered me. You have prevailed. Uh, if I say I will not mention God or speak any more his name, then within me there is something like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I am weary with holding it in. I cannot. Mm-hmm. What is uh, Monica Hines' composition called How Can I Keep From Singing, right? She did a setting of that text. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. But, you know, I try to shut it up, mm-hmm. uh, and yet it, it mm-hmm. flames out. And actually, <laughs> like living against the grain of that love is very, very tiring. Yeah. A, you know, I, I, I'm uh, weary with holding it in. Dare I quote the Gnostic Gospel of Thomas? Uh, you must bring forth what, it, what is within you. <laughs> if you bring you forth perish. what is within you, it will save you. Yeah. And if you do not bring forth what is within you, it will destroy you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, 
So what does that mean, bring forth? What is within you? Well, God is within you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the particular unique refraction of God that is within you, mm-hmm. and only in yeah. you, uniquely created. Uh, so the particular instancing in this particular body of mm-hmm. what love looks like. Mm-hmm. It wants to be. Mm-hmm. It needs to be. <laughs> yeah, and we're, we are not until it is, mm-hmm. like, in, like sort of what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, 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 the prophet too as like not a soothsayer or predictor of future events, but kind of a kind of just a uh, sharp-eyed uh, reader of cause and effect. If you mm-hmm. continue on this path, this is where it's going to lead. Yeah. And there's another way to be. Yeah, um, the teller of uncomfortable truths. Mm-hmm. This is what you're doing. Mm-hmm. This is where it goes. Yeah. And there is another way. Yeah, has the sort of capacity and the uh, what graced imagination to imagine an alternate future for mm-hmm. a people. Possibility. Yeah. Yeah. I used to be very whenever things would take a turn. Mm towards this call to like you for God to like you know destroy his enemies and all mm-hmm. this it used to make me very very uncomfortable uh, until I was like oh that's just what a human being will say it's not what it's not God talking right. <laughs> uh, Roman Williams points this out quite well in the, the Bible chapter of being Christian it's mm-hmm. like that's one way to respond is to ask for God to destroy your enemies uh, mm-hmm. does that mean God's going to do it? no <laughs> uh, yeah. but so it's kind of like just it showcases a very natural human mm-hmm. reaction where we get wrapped up in seeking vengeance mm-hmm. and casting out and and a lot of the prophets and psalms are written and voiced from the perspective of someone who is legitimately oppressed and mm-hmm. turned on and shunned by the rest of society. Yeah. Um, and there is a way that it's voicing the confidence um, in God's providential care for the outcast, the marginalized, and the poor. That justice uh, will prevail. That justice will prevail, that the Lord will deliver the life of the needy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So kind of like a um, Magnificat kind of mm-hmm. ring to it. God will cast down the mighty and lift up the lowly. Thinking about these first lines again. Oh Lord, you have enticed me. I was enticed. You have overpowered me and you have prevailed. We sort of have to be convinced to be the person that we are. bringing forth what is within us, the unique expression of God's love in the world. Uh, And 
God will entice us and, and convince us. God can prevail mm-hmm. uh, to let ourselves be. Yeah, the um, like Alfred North Whitehead and some of the process people always talk about God acts through um, like he, it's called the divine lure mm-hmm. like that entices that beckons never through sort of a controlling kind of mm-hmm. way. There's always a, an element of our consent that's called for this sort mm-hmm. of enticement mm-hmm. uh, out of something and into a new way. Mm-hmm. Like something lures Abraham out of his tent with mm-hmm. Sarah. sort of divine lure actually is kind of I think the enticement is always present mm-hmm. that desire and longing for God is part of who we are mm-hmm. uh, created by and for the love of God right yeah so sometimes it's like connecting to that longing, that yearning, that yeah. longing. Is it Rahner that human beings are capacity for God, capax day, I think. Mm-hmm. But, but until that's seen, noticed, embraced, um, like yielded to even, mm-hmm. um, like uh, in the, in Rahner's kind of talking about we're not yet sort of fully human. Because we're made for that union and communion. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else? this do you want to do the whole song yeah yeah okay so verses 12 through 17 are in brackets which is always interesting to see why the lectionary committee doesn't want us to read them aloud (laughs) so when we do by whole verse surely for your sake have i suffered reproach and shame has covered my face i have become a stranger to my own kindred an alien to my mother's children zeal for your house has eaten me up the scorn of those who scorn you has fallen upon me. I humbled myself with fasting, but that was turned to my reproach. I put on sackcloth also and became a byword among them. Those who sit at the gate murmur against me. The drunkards make songs about me. But as for me, this is my prayer to you at the time you have said, O Lord. In your great mercy, O God, answer me with your unfailing help. Save me from the mire. Do not let me sink. Let me be rescued from those who hate, from, from those who hate me and out of the deep waters. Let not the torrent of waters wash over me, neither let the deep swallow me up. Do not let the pit shut its mouth upon me. Answer me, O Lord, for your love is kind. In your your great compassion, turn to me. Hide not your face from your servant. Be swift and answer me, for I am in distress. Draw near to me and redeem me because of my my enemies. 
because of my enemies, deliver me. I cannot read today, I'm sorry. So again, the loving kindness of God, compassion, great yeah. mercy on failing help. And also like this, this, this psalm kind of like, in a way, like enacts the way in which, um, like losing your name, your good name, mm -hmm. uh, you know, being a, a stranger to your own kid, kindred, an alien to mm -hmm. your mother's children, uh, scorned by everyone, by, you become a byword and the people sing songs about you um, that that in a certain way like shows you the hollowness of trying to secure your happiness on any other foundation than the steadfast love of God right the, mm -hmm. the colic points to mm -hmm. like there's this disintegration and then out of that disintegration that creative disintegration something new is born that's mm -hmm. not of his own making that's not right. made by human hands yeah. like your good name your wealth your all this mm -hmm. that provide only sort of fleeting glimpses of happiness and peace mm -hmm. I just sing the Florey Requiem with the Amabi Choir here the other week and um My Latin is not good enough to be totally sure, but it's mm. either this psalm or a psalm very like this, but uh, one of the, the Requiem texts is uh, quoting from, I was thinking a lot about uh, those, those petitions of don't let me fall mm. into the deep, don't let the pit shut its mouth against me, mm. uh, save me from the lion's mouth is mm -hmm. also in there. Uh, and I mean, not as I think sometimes those texts are heard uh, like we're praying to the 15 foot crocodile god mm -hmm. uh, who is God's self the, the lion or the pit right yeah. uh, instead of the, the feeling I could hear those, those texts differently uh, when they were in a different language and set to music, right? Uh, like, no, we're, there are so many situations where um, we feel so alone, where we are admired, uh, feel turned on, we've lost everything we thought was, was keeping us up. Mm -hmm. and, and from there, just the cry out for help mm -hmm. um, is genuine and trusting and faithful. and. Uh, not trying to convince God of anything or mm -hmm. uh, but just depending on Changed on God's the great mind. compassion yeah. yeah it's like interesting to me that you know so 12 through 17 mm -hmm. is all about that call out yeah 
In your great mercy, O oh Lord, answer me and run. Save me from the mire, do not let me sink, let me be rescued. It's this like yeah. profound expression of need. Uh-huh. And it makes perfect sense that we would bracket that and take yeah. it out. We want to bracket that. We do. And kind of shame on the lectionary committee for like well, even making that. That's the best part. Like, it come is. On. Like, that is the actual engine of all yeah. transformative change in the spiritual life is recognizing yeah. our need for God. And the one thing we can't ever say is that we need God. Yeah. And that's what keeps us stuck, suffering, miserable, mm-hmm. and visiting our misery on other people, mm-hmm. consciously or unconsciously. Mm-hmm. So... It makes total sense to me what, that they would not want that to be said out loud because, you know, it's like, you know, uh, I got this, you know. And yeah. that's just, that's, that is, that's yeah. just death dealing. Yeah. Having the self at the center of the, the picture and myself and my mm-hmm. efforts. Well, it's, it's living in hell is what that is. And, Singing this piece, I was I was thinking about so many of these prayers and texts are voiced from hell, about hell, save me from hell, and we're pretty wary of that as modern Christians, I think. Uh, but it's 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 one way of figuring or imaging our profound need and dependence on God, and save me from myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is hell when I'm trying to do it all by save myself. Save me from my greatly diminished isolated sense of self as Mm -hmm. the only thing that exists, right? (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think that's why people like uh, Ruth Burroughs and uh, Robert Capon exist to remind us that lastness, leastness, littleness, left behindness, the very last text in Paradisum mm. uh, with Lazarus, who was poor, take me to your bosom. Mm. You know? Mm. It's so, and Capon, of course, loves Lazarus. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, from that place of, of being the one with sores, the dogs come and like stepped over at the gate, passed by. And there's a way that all of that kind of language, like it's, it's off-putting mm-hmm. uh, because it seems like, you know, well, I don't much want to, you know, be s- s- seated outside the rich man's gate and have dogs like my swords. Yeah. That doesn't sound very no. attractive. No. Uh, but there's a, there's the other side of that is that it is incredibly good news. It's like you actually... You don't need anything, and this is poured out and lavished upon you. Mm-hmm. Like the poverty is uh, excuses you from all doings, efforts, earnings, meriting, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just there, waiting to be received. Right? Yeah. Um, and we're already poor. Yes. <laughs> Even when we don't think we are, especially when we don't think we are. Yeah. That, that's uh, sort of what I'm yeah. trying to get at. Like, this is already the case. Yes. <laughs> and so it's wonderful news uh-huh. uh, from where we already are. Yeah. Yeah. We build sandcastles in air. Right. Yeah. We're trying to distance it, trying to bracket uh-huh. this neediness. Um, 
think it's again it's I think it's kind of fun like hide not your face from your servant like as if God could or would oh right yeah like that used to make me disturbed like yeah. I was like 30 years ago I'm saying yeah you know when I was but a young lass uh-huh. lad I guess <laughs> um because they immediately the question of will, will, will God will God hide but now I hear it as like if this is just somebody pouring themselves out to God yeah. and true and trusting yeah. is not yet there and there's this little flicker of a doubt mm-hmm. and often they talk themselves out of it like yeah. I'm not even, oh of course you never would right but but it's like this in process, like yeah. it's all there. They just let it all hang out. Yeah. Um, yeah, when we can't yet trust God's unfailing mercies, mm-hmm. what do we do with that? <laughs> Express <laughs> it to God. Right. And trust. Yeah. 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 It's beautiful that way because mm-hmm. like nothing is held back. It's just, literally just as they are. They're not trying to sound nice, be right, yeah. sound pious. Yeah. It's just. That's they used to say, let your freak flag fly, you know? It's just, the song is just yeah. being who they are, where they are, as they are, you know? So we've got the, ah, yes, the Megenetan section from, from Romans 6. Romans 6, uh, 1b to, uh, to 11. Should we continue in sin in order that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin go on living in it? Do you not know that all of us who've been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? death? Therefore, we've been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so too we might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin may be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is freed from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Meginatah is the by no means. Hell no. <laughs> Kathy Grebe said, hell no. <laughs> we read this at the Easter Vigil. Mm. Therefore we have been buried with him by baptism into death. So that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. In this whole passage, I, I really hear that union of our sufferings with the sufferings of Christ, and therefore also with his resurrection, mm-hmm. um, the possibility of, of a future, of mm-hmm. futures 
that we're unthinkable, that we too might walk in newness of life. Yeah, and um, do you know that Thomas Merton book called The New Man? You know? So in the old King James, in some of the older translations, mm-hmm. I think this was, we know that the old man was crucified with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's our old self? Here? What's the old self? Yeah. What's the new self? Uh, but um, it's kind of this Pauline old self, new self, the old man, the new, the new person mm-hmm. that... Um, this is where Merton gets his whole true self, false self mm-hmm. distinction, which drives Maggie Ross crazy, but it can sometimes be a useful yeah. hermeneutic for sort of uh, mapping up two different ways of mm-hmm. being in the world. You know, one with the, this, I mean, mine, mm-hmm. power, possessions, and prestige at the center, yeah. and living with that as the place we look for our yeah. happiness and God at the center, the foundation yeah. of loving kindness. Yeah. Um, the old self has, I mean, mind, power, mm-hmm. possessions, prestige, the new person, mm-hmm. or what um, Tillich elaborates, I call it the new being. Christ mm-hmm. is the new being. Like, like the, that's who we, when we start to live from that ground, then we are actually you know, in typical sort of Tillich experiential existentialist, like there is a freeing from yeah. the bonds of slavery to the fear of death. Correct, yeah. yeah. And um, like, and that he has risen, Easter <clears throat> proclamation <clears throat> becomes like a reality in our sure. experience and how we navigate the world. Yeah. Uh, does that mean we're not, don't get a, twinge of fear when we go in for the you know get your prostate checked or a mammogram no uh, but yeah. uh, there's this way in which the, the horizon has shifted from mm-hmm. death to uh, life the new being yeah. yeah the resurrection Easter newness Christ. yeah mm-hmm. uh-huh. freshness yeah it is it's really difficult to talk about you see why that's really useful, false self, true self, and you see why people want to say, eh, actually. How many selves have we got here? <laughs> the true self is the, it's yeah. the same person. You're, the new yeah. person is the same person, but experienced differently, related to differently, um, and the great reoriented, yeah. and yet the content is all the same. Yes, and the the great danger with this like false self, true self stuff is that you think there's something that needs to be gotten rid of. Right. Extirpated, to excised, cut off to cut this off. part of myself. Do need not. to fix up, add some new, better, good, holy thing. When actually it's like the letting ourselves be loved, letting love touch even those parts of us that we think need to be extirpated mm-hmm. and cut off. Really, Lord, here like mm-hmm. this? Yes, yes, here like this? Yeah. Just like that? Oh. So Maggie Ross in her criticism of this would say, no, let's... Christians wear their wounds yes. like Jesus, and they are transfigured. Uh, she says, but out in the open. Transformation is for frogs and princes. That was always her line. <laughs> uh-huh. And transfiguration is much more what we're talking about. Is yeah. the, touched by the light of God's love, <clears throat> that unique person with its 
wounds and its faults and its foibles, warts and all, uh, becomes the very means by which uh, right. grace is transmitted into the world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you really wanted to get a, an earful, like just use the word transformation <laughs> and true self, false self, mm -hmm. and then and it's, it's a powerful critique and mm -hmm. it's like much needed. But nonetheless, I think it's it's sort of sometimes useful. Mm -hmm. You can't really get into the art, like the argument that Paul is developing here in this passage, because you know, should we continue in sin or like it's all about the free the free gift and, mm -hmm. and grace abounding and all that. And does that mean we can do whatever we want? No, of course not. So it's, it's sort of similar things that he gets into with the Corinthians and mm -hmm. things like that. But the gospel is mm -hmm. Matthew 10, 24 to 39. Okay. <clears throat> Jesus said to the 12 disciples, a disciple is not above the teacher nor a slave above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher and the slave like the master. They have called the master of the house Beelzebul. How much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, I tell in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Do not, be, do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father, and even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I also will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I also will deny before my Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have Come not to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and one's foes will be members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. It's a stiff tonic. <laughs> uh -huh. Not come to bring peace, but a sword. Mm. I think you should hear that relative to all the things that keep us trapped in that false self we're talking about. The power, prestige, and possessions we cling on to as if they can save us. Mm -hmm. They can't. And they are drowning us in the mire. And sometimes takes a sword to yeah. <laughs> cut us free. Um, here especially we have uh, relationships, family ties, legacy, expectations, our good name, the uh, the weight of the path others have set out for us being held up as, as something that has to be let go of. Um, that we can't love more than Jesus. 
Yeah, and I sometimes wonder, like, yeah, it's it's really just sort of seeing the hollowness of trying to secure lasting peace and happiness on that very shaky ground, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I I mean, I guess people are like. I'm not sure I would even say that like you've made a conscious decision to to love power, possession, yeah. prestige, esteem, right. my family's name, you know, my legacy. I'm, but we sort of that's sort of what the world yeah. sarks in Paul's, you know. Yeah. Uh, Our longing for God. Gets, gets captured or yes. kind of magnetized to these external things that can't actually meet it. Yeah. And we need to be cut free from it. It gets enticed. Yeah. Just like... Jeremiah. There's like these, yeah, these sort of battling lures in a way. Yeah. You know. Um, or, you know, I, I actually even sometimes think that we get enticed into the world of power, prestige, possession seek happiness in objects, substances, relationships, blah, blah, blah. Discover its hollowness, and then we wake up to a different... Mm-hmm. That the thing we're looking for is already here, yeah. according to our hearts. In that context, like it was very necessary for us to look, mm-hmm. and look, and look. Mm-hmm. Like There's something like neat and right about that search. Yeah. It's just, and it probably had to happen that way. Yeah. And that discovering the hollowness, discovering that those things cannot meet our yearning for God uh, is painful, is a kind of death. Uh, it's mm-hmm. losing of our life as, as we knew it. Mm-hmm. Um, everything we thought <laughs> made us who we were. Uh, those who lose their life for my sake will find it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have to experience the, the dead end. Yeah. A lot of the time. I kind of think every time. But. I think every time. <laughs> I don't know. I don't either, but. L- leave it open. Yeah. <laughs> For... <laughs> yeah. But, like, yeah. That's, that's how, like, especially in Paul, like, a lot of these sufferings actually become the means of. Finally receiving grace. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The grace is given the whole time, but we can't see it. We can't receive it. Uh, mm-hmm. Often until we've exhausted our own efforts, mm-hmm. done all we can do. Yeah. Yeah. Still doesn't work. I was thinking about because I was I wrote something on Abraham and Sarah. I was like, as good as dead and wa- old yeah. in the way and washed up, and I was like, I think they're like finally washed up enough to be actually useful to God. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was thinking about that in terms of rather than me like climbing this ladder towards you know spiritual heroism and yeah. getting it all together, it's like, no, I'm, I'm, the, the call is actually to be washed up enough that God can, you know, peek, his, peek God's head in. Yeah. And yeah. Like, that's why there's such beautiful sacramental pictures of this availability. Mm-hmm. and weakness and uh, 
all these things that are so terrifying. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah. But it's just the psalm and some of this reminds me of the. That it's a very strange call to be, as good as dead, washed up, woven in the way, and yeah. then finally you become the fountainhead of all generations. Right. Of, of, of Israel like right. what the heck yeah that's weird yeah and yeah I'm, I'm thinking of Lazarus again and yeah. Lazarus and Abraham's bosom is sort of both of those at the same time right yes. like total yes. poverty and <laughs> the, the one through whom God's promise is fulfilled mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and I just think it's very hard to hear in a individualist capitalist yeah. country where it's all about getting stuff and doing it under your own steam and winning winning Tonic, and in the middle of us, <laughs> do not be afraid. Yeah. You are more value than many sparrows. Yeah. Even the hairs of your head are all counted. Yeah. Yep. Providence, governance. Can we hear those as very tender words, actually? Yeah. Mercy and loving kindness. Cared for, known, numbered, <laughs> even. Mm. Yeah. Three hundred and sixty-five times. What do you do on a leap year? Be afraid. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is that good? Mm-hmm. The mm, the life that we find is the life we've been called to all along. The one that we are weary with holding in, cannot hold in. Finally, God entices us and entices us and prevails to call it forth from us. And ah, what a relief. What a relief. And what was I doing that whole time? Yeah. (laughs) This is not an annihilation of the person you are for some bland. Dead holiness that requires you to change everything about you. Uh, Some kind of cookie cutter robot thing, is that what you're... Yeah. Yeah. The cutting off, batting on, spiritual heroism, ladder climbing. That's in fact the life that gets lost. Mm -hmm. No, and in fact, like the people who live like this, you meet them in monasteries sometimes. Not always. (laughs) Sometimes they're in your life too, but like someone who's really like surrendered to love if you want to put mm-hmm. it that way um, they are the most eccentric idiosyncratic mm-hmm. colorful characters you, you'll ever meet they are somebody who is truly alive they are most true they are more themselves than everybody else who's walking around with masks on and pretending this and pretending like that yeah they are just this amazing blazing forth 
precious, yeah. created in God's image and likeness one time. <laughs> yep. And, and, and they know it and they live it like without apology. And yeah. it's like amazing to see that sort of um, like humble freedom. Because mm-hmm. it's not a it's not a proud like no, but it's very free. Freedom, yeah. but it it's yeah. Uh, so yeah, they those are like the most alive, yeah. real, truly human people I've ever met mm-hmm. is the ones who've given themselves away to God. Yeah. So it's not an erasure. It's Walking not, in newness of life. Yeah. Freshness. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 It's wild. Yeah. 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 So anyway. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. God bless. Till next time.